0: You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording. And lines are now closed. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another episode of the Breakfast Show here on the Voice of Islam radio station. You're listening to myself, Samar and Jadis, and we will be with you, God willing, all the way up until nine o'clock. So if you do have any questions, any remarks, any comments that you'd like to make, please feel free to do so. The number for you, as always, is zero to zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. And of course, you can hit us up on our socials, on Twitter and on Instagram at VoiceOfIslamUK. If you're familiar with the uh, breakfast show here on the Voice of Islam radio station on Tuesday, uh, we do usually speak about three uh, topics, three main topics um, after the roundup of the news, which we'll be getting uh, straight into. Um, but the topics for you today are how does social media distort the reality, uh, a new DNA drug to fight blood clots, and last but not least, can we access our own immune system? So these are the topics for the day Um that's what we're going to be discussing, uh, but and if you if you do want to get involved in any one of these discussions, then please pick up the phone and give us a call. Remember, this is your radio station, and we would love for you to get involved. Zero to zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number for you. Um, before we uh, getting get get into the uh, the the news roundup uh, and the front pages for the day, uh, Jalise, how are you doing this morning?
1: Yeah, by the grace of Allah, everything is good. I am doing uh, well. Inshallah by the grace of Allah all is good very good very good alhamdulillah um and uh, what's the what's the weather looking like today Yeah, so today showers will progress southeastwards across the uk with sunny spells in between heavy and potentially thundery showers in northeastern scotland breezy with northwesterly winds moving on to tonight we see that tonight Showers will continue in the north and uh, west. Showers in the far southeast soon, diminish, Turning drier with clear spells elsewhere. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we'll see heavy and thundery showers in the north and east. Scattered showers develop elsewhere but more frequent in the west. Turning drier for most late with sunshine. An outlook for Thursday to Saturday. We see that Thursday will become breezy with outbreaks of rain in the south and southwest. Dry and sunny further north. Rain across the south will clear on Friday morning. Rather cloudy to start, but turning sunnier through the day. Saturday will be a settled day and with plenty of sunshine and just the odd shower. Mist and fog might be slow to clear in the morning especially in the south. Mm-hmm. So not not
0: not too bad. Uh but at the same time not too great either, isn't it? Yeah. Um okay. Uh so the newspaper headlines air traffic chaos could last for days. Uh, Most of Tuesday's front pages, including the metros, uh, focus on the UK air traffic fault uh, that left thousands of uh, air passengers suffering long delays and cancellations at the end of the bank holiday weekend. The paper also carries uh, vibrant images of Notting Hill Carnival, which uh, which it nicknames
1: Notting Thrill. A number of newspapers claim the air traffic fallout could last for days with the Daily Mail reporting that thousands of Britons face being stranded around the globe, quote unquote. The issues arose from a technical glitch, quote unquote, that sent the National Air Traffic Services into meltdown, the paper explains. The Daily Telegraph goes further, warning travellers to
0: expect delays for the rest of the week. Paul Charles, chief executive of the travel consultancy PC agency, tells the paper the situation was made worse. Um, by the higher volume of people traveling quote-unquote over the long weekend. The paper also carries a large image of uh, Luis Rubiales, the president of the Royal Spanish Football Federation who is being investigated for sexual assault after kissing Spanish footballer Jenny uh, Hermoso uh, on the lips following the country's uh,
1: women's World Cup victory. The Daily Star reports that Rubiales' mother has gone on a hunger strike in support of her son referring to the situation as peak cringe, quote-unquote. The paper calls it the twist nobody saw coming, quote-unquote. The front page also reports that British rapper Stormzy and TV presenter Maya Gemma, who ended their relationship in 2019, have rekindled their romance after the pair were photographed on holiday together in Greece. Mm-hmm. Um...
0: The uh, An intelligence source who formerly uh, worked at GCHQ has told the IA that a cyber attack could have caused the issues with UK air c- uh, traffic control. Uh, the government has not ruled that out, according to what the po- uh, paper points out.
1: In contrast with the i, the Times says it has spoken to government sources and aviation officials, quote-unquote, who have in fact ruled out a cyber attack, quote-unquote. It has instead been told that the issue could be the result of an incorrectly filed plan by a French airline, quote-unquote. Nobody of the Nats has uh, commented, it adds. Separately, a YouGov survey for the paper has found that the Labour Party is more trusted than the Conservatives on tax, immigration and law. An image of uh,
0: weary travellers at Heathrow Airport is how the Daily Express illustrates the main story of the day. Hundreds of flights were grounded yesterday, stranding thousands at home and abroad, quote-unquote, it writes. In other news, the paper reports that singer Elton John has had a brain scan following a fool that saw him in hospital
1: over the weekend get me out of air, quote-unquote, the sun writes, warning that the flight backlog will take days to clear, quote-unquote. A traveller stranded on the Spanish islands of uh, of, uh, Malorcas tells the paper, tempers are frayed, children crying, it's chaos, quote-unquote. The Guardian's
0: main story is on a different issue: Michael Gove's alleged plan to rip up water pollution rules that house builders have blamed for exacerbating England's housing crisis. "Quote unquote, the decision will spark anger," quote unquote, among environmentalists. The paper warns. Another striking image of From Notting Hill Carnival also features, with the added detail that the weekend celebrations mark the 75th anniversary
1: of the Windrush landing. Windrush Remembered, quote-unquote, is how the Financial Times sums up this year's Notting Hill festivities. Writing about the annual carnival's history, the paper says it was members of the Windrush generation who started it in 1958. In a defiant show of cultural celebration after an outbreak of racial attacks in the area, quote-unquote, the UK's air traffic issues also features with an aviation analyst telling the paper disruption uh, disruption could spill into the next few days as airlines rearrange their planes and flight crews, quote unquote. And the Daily Mirror circles back to an issue first
0: reported earlier this summer, railway ticket office closures. It claims some firms have now admitted this will impact elderly and disabled people most, putting vulnerable passengers at risk, quote um, so, as we can see, flight's fiasco to go on for days, quote-unquote, warns the front page of the Daily Mail. It uh, predicts that thousands of people from the UK will be stranded around the globe, quote-unquote, as a knock-on effect of Monday's air traffic control failure. The headline in the Daily Express is Days of Chaos, quote-unquote. It has a picture of travellers that Heathrow sleeping on the floor with their luggage piled up around them. How could a meltdown like this be possible, asked the Times, quote-unquote, in an analysis piece. It says senior government and security sources have ruled out a cyber attack by a hostile state. It suggests officials know what the issue was, but do not yet understand why the disruption was so widespread. In its uh, editorial column... The eye is prompted uh, to wonder, does nothing in Britain work properly, quote It argues that this shutdown is the latest blow to patriotic pride, quote-unquote, pointing out that there is a sense the UK is worn out creaking at the seams, quote-unquote. There is anger in the Guardian uh, about an announcement by ministers that they will relax house building rules that uh, are intended to prevent excess water pollution. A spokesman for Greenpeace is quoted saying, uh, "Who would look at our sickly sewage infested rivers and conclude that they that what they need is weaker pollution rules?" But an unnamed construction industry source offers the opposing view, telling the paper this is undoubtedly good news for Britain's building supply. The Telegraph has an interview with the UK's most senior police officer, Met Commissioner Sir Mark Rowley, Uh, in which he says he will not allow officers to support woke, uh, quote unquote, causes while on duty. These include taking the knee, flying the rainbow flag or wearing badges supporting environmental groups. Sir Mark states, uh, I'm fairly narrow minded on this. There are very few causes policing should be attached to, quote unquote. Um, plans to close ticket offices at uh, hundreds of railway stations across England preoccupy the Daily Mirror. Axe will hit elderly and disabled, quote-unquote, is the headline. The paper, which is running a campaign to keep the offices open, says many train firms have carried out assessments of the impact uh, the closures will have. Concerns include the possibility that vulnerable customers may be exploited by criminals as they try to use the ticket machines. The Financial Times wades into the ongoing controversy surrounding Luis Rubiales, the Spanish Football Federation president who kissed a female player, Jenny Hermoso, on the lips at the Women's World Cup final. The paper argues that the kiss has come to encapsulate that uh, what women's football has always been up against. And it believes this should be an enough, quote-unquote, moment which results in a fundamental change. Finally... The Sun has the latest developments in the case of a solid gold toilet, uh, which was stolen from Blenheim Palace in Oxfordshire in 2019. The laboratory and artwork, uh, which is worth £5 million, was taken in an early morning raid while on display in an exhibition. The paper reveals that the police has now have now passed a file to to prosecutors, who will decide whether any of the suspects can be charged. "Good Lou done it," uh, quote unquote, is uh, the headline. Uh, so that is um, uh, that, th- those are the front pages for today. and a little bit of. Uh, uh of of a, of a very concise summary of uh, of what to expect within them um Jalees, was there anything uh, in particular that, uh, that that caught your attention uh
1: yeah so uh, not with regards to um the the headlines of today but there are two um news uh reports or news articles that I've had I've read which i believe would be of um, interest uh, to our to our listeners and is quite timely as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, a lot of uh, a lot of news outlets like uh, BBC, Sky News, uh, uh, NASA even um, have published uh, news of a super blue moon of 2023, and uh, it says that to see this super moon, skywatchers are going to want to get their timing just right on August 30th and. The article uh, or various links that we have—they basically, in a nutshell, um, you know—I've got some points which uh, which uh, uh, just highlight the uh, the whole story. Is uh, that the next full moon will be on Wednesday? So that's tomorrow. That's this Wednesday, August thirtieth, um, twenty twenty-three. Uh, the full moon is one of the brightest and largest moons of twenty twenty-three. Uh, it's called Blue Moon because it refers to the second full moon in a calendar month. Uh, it shouldn't be confused with that's what the colour of the moon will be, as uh, some may uh, think. It's Actually, it's the second full moon in the calendar month. The blue moon on August 30 will also be a supermoon, appearing larger due to its proximity um, to Earth. Uh, it further says that a blue moon occurs when two, um, like I mentioned, when two full moons fall within a single month or season, full moons occur about, if we look at the year, they occur about 12 um, times in a year, causing occasional blue moons. Um, Supermoons happen when the moon is closer to the Earth due to um, its uh, um, proximity between the Earth and um, the visual difference between a standard full moon and a super supermoon is slight um according to Astron- astronomy Island the last super blue moon was in 20, uh, 2009 and the next will occur in 2030 uh 20 uh, 20 uh in 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 the 2030s so of course being in 2023 and the last one being 2009 and then the next one being the 2030s it's uh, it's it's it would be it might be a good. Opportunity for someone who's never seen a blue moon um, to 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 make some time and you know ch- uh, see um, what it is and how it looks like and um, you know just, just, just on an interesting note that this is where the term once in a blue moon comes from because it does, it means something which hardly happens so this is something mm. of uh, of interest to me I found this quite interesting of course as a Muslim. We are encouraged to, you know, um, to ponder over the over over God's creation and, you know, through understanding his creation, um, through through uh, studying his creation, through studying the universe, we are able to uh, reaffirm and strengthen our uh, connection and um, the 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 fact that God exists, we are able to strengthen that, and we are able to appreciate the, um, everything uh, that God has provided us, knowing that He is the uh, you know the the creator and the sustainer of the universe. It's it's uh, something that Muslims are encouraged to uh, study the universe, and obviously you know the five daily prayers, as we see, uh, are very l- uh, linked with the what is happening around the world and uh, with the uh, alternation of night and day you know so muslims again it's within our lives it's it's a part of it's a part and parcel of our life to Focus to study the creation uh, of the universe and the alternate, alternation of night and day. So this is something that I, I, I read recently, and I thought it's quite timely because it's, it's, uh, it's the, the, the super moon or the blue moon is, is going to be visible this week uh, tomorrow, as some um, reports have uh, stated. So I thought this would be of some interest to our listeners. Yeah, no, very interesting indeed.
0: Uh, I mean, I uh, mean, the that that um, what you said about uh, once in a blue moon as well. Uh, I I was unaware of that, so that's uh, that, that's quite uh,
1: qu- quite interesting as well. Yeah, and uh, there, there there was um, there was one more which I found quite interesting. Of course, it's linked to AI, and uh, that of course nowadays is a huge topic. Um, a lot of people have been discussing this, and the news article uh, or the title I should say was published by BBC, and the title. In itself is quite capturing. Uh, capturing. The title is "How Long Until a Robot Is Doing Your Dishes?" So this is the title of the article. Naturally, of course, when I saw it, I clicked on it because, of course, you know the title itself is quite intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, just a brief uh, outline of what it actually states is that uh, in the future, robots um, that look like humans might become really good at doing. All kinds of tasks and that's where the title you know until how long until a robot is doing a dishes will come from mm-hmm. you know a company called sanctuary AI is working on a robot named Phoenix it will be able to understand what we want um, uh, learn about the world and do things for us you know the CEO of this company thinks um, that the market of these robots will be even bigger the markets for phones cars and uh property you know other companies um are also making uh, robots robots like phoenix have to so the so the article goes on to says that robots robots like uh phoenix have to uh learn how to do things in the real world which is harder than just um, talking like a computer you know they have to learn how to use their hands like they like when they, you know, pack clothes or bat into bags, etc. And you know, teaching them, the article states that teaching them is like a video game. First, they practice in a computer game world, uh, a computer game world, and then they try in the real world. But again, um, the article goes on to say that robots uh, still struggle with things that humans find easy, like understanding how hard. Um, to touch something and, you know, there are professors who study robots and they say that uh, while robots are getting better, they still have a long way to go before they can do everything. You know, some people worry that robots will take away human jobs, but others think that, you know, robots can help us um do our jobs that's this is so there's a there's a there's a people for and these people um against in the in in the sense that uh will they will these robots be taking our jobs um and then so while robots are improving it might still be the the article goes on to says that it might still be a while before they become as useful as we um, imagine and um yeah so th- this this is something that you know really uh, uh, caught my eye um the title alone and um it, it does go to, it goes to show that there are people who do think that maybe these will uh, take um jobs away or they might uh help you know human beings do their job um just an example for this uh, if we do, if we are to look at this practical example we see today is that when you go to the shopping center to your local groceries mm-hmm. maybe 15 years ago you would have to you know um, if you are to purchase anything then you'd wait in the queue and then you would buy um, wait wait at the till uh, wait for mm-hmm. it to be free but now you have these uh, compartments where you can go and you can pay and uh, it's not a robot, but of course it's like a computer, it's like a machine where you're yeah. doing it self-service, where you're doing it yourself, and it's helped with uh, you know time management as well. And it's um, so this is a practical example of how I can see it, yeah. um, how these robots will actually look. Um, you know, that's a, that's a story for the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, and it, there's always so many advancements, isn't it? Like you mentioned the the self-checkout. Uh, on top of that, you have the scan as you go. So even uh, whilst you're shopping you can just scan everything uh, before you put it into your into your basket or your trolley um, and at the end all you have to do is pay you don't even have to scan everything at the self-checkout and yeah. uh, it's gone well some stores have gone even a step further like the Amazon store and whatever yeah I was about um, to say that in which uh, it just detects yeah um, and you don't you don't have to do anything you just put something into your trolley and you and uh, you you just walk out as well isn't it and it just takes uh uh, money from your account. And it's just, it's, it's mind boggling how uh, things have changed so drastically within a, a span of, of, I don't know, ten, ten, fifteen 10, 15 years yeah. or so.
1: Yeah, indeed, indeed. I mean, I've, I've heard about this, uh, the, the Amazon shopping that you said, I haven't been there personally myself. But I do imagine that the first time I would go, uh, you know picking up let's say maybe a sandwich or a drink and then just walking out will feel a bit <laughs> strange at yeah. first but uh yeah i mean it, it is it is interesting and it just goes to show how technology is you know progressing uh fast and you know it's in a sense it's helping uh you know if if a person is in a in a in a rush or if they they need to quickly just go in go out grab a bite or something uh, it's it's good in that sense
0: yeah yeah no no definitely definitely um just uh, moving on now to our uh, our topics for the day, uh, just as a quick reminder for anyone who is just tuning in, um, the three topics that we have to, uh, for you today are how does social media distort the reality? Um, after the 8 o'clock news, we'll be speaking about how there's a new dna drug to fight blood clots Um, and the last but not least we're going to be speaking about how we can access our or whether or not rather we can access our own immune system so uh, if there is anything that you'd like to get involved with uh, any of the discussions any of the topics then please pick up the phone and give us a call zero zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight um, getting straight into the first uh, topic, of, well, first main topic for the day: How does social media distort the reality? Well, how social media distorts our reality is a much more uh, is much more complex than people uh, posting too many pool selfies. Social media uh, companies have actually established themselves as middlemen in control of what content we consume. Um, And uh, we'll get into this uh, in just a short while uh, and speak about the algorithms which shape our perception and and how uh, social media in itself can affect our perception about so many different things as well, but first, uh, we have to understand what social media is. Um, And I'm sure many of our listeners are fully aware of what this is. Um, But uh, nonetheless, social media is a digital technology that facilitates the sharing of text and multimedia through virtual virtual networks, and communities. More than 4.7 billion people around the world use social media. So just that into context, that's uh, that's so many people, more than half of the population, yeah. um, using uh, social media. And in 2022, last year, the number of social media users worldwide grew by 137 million people, or about 3.1%. Uh, And that's just in one year alone. The largest social media platforms are Facebook, YouTube, WhatsApp, Instagram, and WeChat. Social media typically features user-generated content and personalized profiles that lend themselves to engagement via likes, shares, comments, and discussion. Um, Jalees, uh, how does social media... Um, the algorithms within it shape our perception.
1: Yeah, indeed. Um, just just before before I do I do uh, mention this. You mentioned uh, Facebook. Yes. Um, yeah, there, there was a an interesting article I read on the um, New York Times um, where it was mentioning that how uh, social media or different various apps um, have you know uh, changed throughout time Mm -hmm. and um, there was one uh, sentence which they mentioned was that Facebook which was once the centre of the platform universe uh, has somehow become the place this is is what the author is saying Mm -hmm. somehow it has become the place where I go to sell off my old furniture yeah. So, you know, I'm sure anyone who 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 has been on the Facebook market would know yeah. that, you know, it's a, it's it is a place where people do go to sell off or, you know, buy old furniture as well. So that when you mentioned Facebook, it just reminded me mm. um, you know, of that. So uh yeah, so how does uh so you asked how Actually, does wait,
0: before before we speak about the the algorithm as well. It just it just on this. It it is interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of the uh, various social media platforms, um, although they do have their unique way of things, um, uh, sharing that content, um, they are somewhat similar as well, isn't it? Mm. So we saw, um, I think, I I could be wrong, I, I think it was Snapchat, which uh, first introduced stories, yeah, um, and then uh, WhatsApp uh, uh, started that. Oh no, sorry. Then Instagram, I think, started. Then WhatsApp, yeah. Um, Telegram now does it as well, and then now even on uh, on um, on YouTube you have Shorts as well. So yeah. it's 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 the, the, uh, I I feel as if one platform uh, picks up something um and which 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 uh, which goes greatly with the, with the masses mm. um and and the people using uh, those platforms uh, enjoy be, uh, viewing that content in that way and then the other platforms uh kind of just i don't know if it's st- stealing is the right word or not but they 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 copy that as well and it's, you feel like all of these platforms now are somewhat similar. So obviously, they have their own different uh, way of things. Some have shorter videos, some have larger videos, some have uh, landscapes, some have portrait or yeah. whatever. Um, but uh, but they they have that. So they have their uniqueness, but they also have a sense of uh, of uh, of something which is the same
1: as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, indeed, indeed. I mean, uh, just the the article that I was referring to from the New York Times. The author has uh, stated um just like what you mentioned where you said you you said you, you think is snapchat which started it off mm-hmm. um uh, the author of the article says that so many other uh social media apps have copied this that now it's difficult to see who started it first yeah. so it's it's uh, one of those things yeah. and um uh, they also mentioned that Elon Musk who um you know who who bought twitter and now it's uh, now re rebranded or renamed to X, mm. um, in, in the in the article it says that uh, Elon Musk plans to make X the everything app. Okay. Uh, so you know, so it can it it, it would have uh, everything. Right now, of course. Everyone would, you know, go to Twitter and, you know, make a tweet or oh, not Twitter. It's X now, but yeah. maybe we'll post a post a short, uh, you know, paragraph or something, an article maybe they've seen. But it it will be interesting to see how it evolves and how it grows. And um, you know, I, I remember there is there um, is recently, uh, I, I believe it was Elon Musk who um, who who sent a post who posted on X that uh, it's mind boggling how this app can um so i'm paraphrasing basically mm-hmm. uh, he he said that it's mind-boggling how this app how you can reach a multitude of people um in just a few seconds yeah. so you yeah. know uh, this is this is you know it's the power of social media and uh, you know obviously you know with 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 uh, with the great power of course um, you know there's a there's a huge responsibility um that's there as well and that that responsibility falls on the shoulders of every person who is um, on you know social media
0: yeah no no definitely. Um, uh, and yeah, but I think Twitter had it for for a while as well. Back when it was Twitter, I uh, see. I, I, I don't think it was for too long. But they also had some sort of stories um, on the on that app as well. Oh okay. But I'm not uh, sure. yeah, but, but, but yeah, just go, getting straight uh, right right back into our main discussion, the the social media algorithms, um, how do they shape our perception?
1: Yeah. So uh, before we do uh, mention how they shape our perception, it's, it's, it's uh, important to understand what is the algorithm just for a person who doesn't know. And I'll, I'll, I'll mention it in a very simple way, which mm-hmm. uh, hopefully you know, every listener would um, understand. So imagine social media as a uh, library filled with lots of books. And uh, the social media algorithm is like a friendly uh, librarian in the, in the library, in this library. You know, it pays attention to which books you read, um, which section you spend time in, um, and which books you talk to others about. So this is, this is what the algorithm does. Then it uses all this information. So all the books you you read, uh, you like, uh, you sp- uh, talking about, it uses all this information to decide which books to suggest to you next. So this is what the algorithm, for example, for instance, if you really enjoy adventure stories and often, you know, borrow those kind of books from the uh, from from the library or the algorithm as we are you know using the algos the algorithm will recommend more adventure books to you it's like the librarian remembering your preferences and making sure uh, you find the books you like so basically it's keeping you engaged on what you like so you know that that's a pro but we have to remember that sometimes this can make the lib- library feel or you know social media as we if 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 you are following my analogy then this this can make the library feel like it's only about one type of book if the librarian keeps giving you an adventure book because you think uh, because it thinks you love them you might miss out on discovering other interesting genres so basically social media algorithm works like that librarian the library that I've just mentioned, is showing you content on your feed based on what you've shown interest in before. It tries to make your library experience enjoyable. However, it might also prevent you from finding out about different types of books that you also might enjoy. Mm. So that's what the algorithm is. Now, how does social media, how does the algorithm shape our perception? Well, you know, behind social media's vibrant facade of likes shares and uh, retweets you know lies a pulsating web of mathematical marvels churning out billions of dollars correct right? so these uh enigmatic algorithms hold the power to captivate our attention shape our opinions and ignite revolution so just keep Bearing in mind the the analogy we use of the librarian, um, you know this, this it further shapes the, the the our understanding of how it can shape our perception. You know, um, unleashing a fractal of possibilities, they plunge us into an abyss of viral trends and interconnected communities where ide- ideas collide and echo through the uh, and, and echo through throughout social media, but. The, the The one thing that we should remember is the way it can shape our perception is that if the algorithm is only showing us things that it thinks we like, then there are chances that we may miss um, uh, things that we might uh, you know we, we might like for example now if 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 you're on social media and you, uh, are reading articles about, let's say, um, o- only articles uh, linked to uh, UK, and and the algorithm thinks that this is something you like, and it, and it keeps feeding you with you with these things, then it's possible that it sometimes it the uh, other news um, articles are not given to you, and you might not be aware of other things that are happening around the world if you are only you know locked in one segment or one part or one you know like uh, if we lose the analogy of the library if you are only in one section one genre then it's might not uh, you might not be able to see the other genres which you may like and if of course if you stay in this um, section more then it has a likelihood of uh, shaping um, one's perception of a certain topic Mm
0: Very interesting, um, and uh, obviously so you you can see yeah. the pros and the cons, isn't it? So mm-hmm. obviously the the pro would be in a nutshell. That uh, you're being f- uh, fed information which you like, yeah. uh, but then the con is also that uh, because of that you you're only going to be receiving that that kind of information, that kind of content, um, and uh, and there, there will be other things which you will be interested in, but uh, just because of the the algorithms, algorithms, you'd have to actually uh, physically search for it instead rather than um, the the social media uh, application or platform. Doing that uh, for you. Yeah. Um, another problem uh, with social media algorithms, um, what they have the power to do is that they can actually distort and perpetuate wealth disparities. And that's actually what we're discussing today, isn't it? And favoring the already wealthy few. So these algorithms. They amplify the reach and visibility of content from influential individuals and brands, often driven by advertising revenue. As a result, affluent individuals and corporate gain further exposure, widening the gap between the rich and the rest. Um, The act of sharing carefully curated best life, quote-unquote, pictures on social media uh, platforms can have detrimental effects on mental health. These posts often uh, showcase idealized um, versions of people's lives, presenting a distorted reality that appears flawless and inviolable. Um, An extreme emotion distortion is also uh, another phenomenon observed in online content, particularly on social media platforms, where information is, is exaggerated, sens- sensationalized, or skewed, to was extreme emotional responses. Content creators, they might actually exploit uh, this distortion by amplifying emotions such as anger, fear, or even outrage to capture attention and generate engagement. And this is... Um is is one of the 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 big problems when it comes to social media isn't it that mm-hmm. everyone's uh, sharing their, their their best life and and trying to take the best picture uh of themselves or of their food or of their of their wealth or whatever it might be um and that that uh, that uh, uh it, it, it shows the disparity and and the and the difference um between uh, the the influential um uh, uh, individuals and brands and how they um, uh, they have that influence on the individuals and on the masses as well. And <clears throat> this actually reminds me of uh, a saying of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, which is, uh, which is the golden principle that we should actually be living by. And uh, it's such a beautiful thing that she that uh, he, he said, and that was that when it comes to matters uh, regarding um, worldly things, whether it's a wealth or whether it's a job or whatever it might be, um, then you always look at those people who are uh, beneath you. So those people who have less than you. And when it comes to religious matters, when it comes to matters pertaining to the faith or sincerity or righteousness, then look at those people who are above you. And so this golden principle of Islam that the holy prophet of Islam, Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has taught us, this is, it's not just for Muslims, but if anyone uh, was to apply this within their own lives, then I can guarantee you that uh, you you will be free from so many problems and so many ailments, and especially that of uh, of. Um of, uh, of uh, mental uh, uh, problems as well when it comes to stress when it comes to anxiety when it comes to depression all of these things are because we're always comparing ourselves to those people with these millions of, uh, of followers right um, if we were to take into to, to, uh, to context this this hadith this narration of the Holy Prophet Muhammad may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him then most certainly we will be living uh, better lives um, and with that we're going to be going to our first guest for the show we do have with us on the line Dania Nasir, who is a student at Kingston University. She is studying uh, forensic psychology and criminology. Uh, she's done her A levels in psychology, chemistry, and health and social care. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. Good morning and welcome to the Breakfast Show. Alaikum <laughs>
2: assalamu alaikum.
0: Jazakallah for, for being with us. Thank you. Um, we're speaking about a very interesting topic, how social media distorts the reality. And the first question that we wanted to ask you was uh, about this uh, in a nutshell. How do you think social media does this? How does it distort reality?
2: Yeah, so the more we consume on social media, the more sensitive, I think, we become to the content that we watch. and um, We sort of start believing um, that pictures and videos that we watch are real, um, when subconsciously we all know that they are edited um, or they only represent one small part of reality. For example, um, I mean, if I talk from my personal experience, I've been a target um, of this um, when I'm looking at videos and um, sort of posts on diets, mm-hmm. and I'm always on you know, some sort of new one, and, and I want to try a new one recently i saw this um herbal tea which um, and the caption was lose 20 pounds in two weeks and i was like oh that sounds very nice mm-hmm. um and i thought okay i would try it and i knew it sounds a little bit unrealistic because it said you don't have to exercise you don't have to stop eating all the junk that you eat and so i went you know i went ahead and tried it and I, and um of course like I said, it did distort the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried it because I thought maybe it does work, um, but it did not work. I was quite disappointed. Um, but yeah, so, and then I I always um, sort of get those videos um, to um, to try a new diet or sort of an email on, on a subscription or on a newsletter. Mm-hmm. And it sort of really does distort the reality because even though in my subconscious, I would know that it's not true i would still go ahead and try it and though this is a small thing there are bigger things that other people do you know um, many other things for example investments or um, sort of buying products i mean i don't do that but i know other people do so yes it does distort reality um, quite a bit <clears throat>
0: yeah, and, and another problem with this is that uh, things seem so real as well. Um, and uh, it, there was a time when you'd think that you see a picture of an individual or of a, uh, of a landscape or whatever it might be. And you might you might think uh, to yourselves, oh, maybe they've edited it a little bit, maybe they've added a filter, uh, maybe they've done this or that or whatever. Um, but that was... Uh, just on pictures right but now uh, because of the advancement of uh, technology even videos people can make themselves look thinner look more attractive look whatever different to what the reality is and even in a video um, so because it's a video in our minds we think that, oh it's a video so this must be the reality but even that uh, has and can uh, could have been distorted um, and, and another problem with that is that uh, with AI as well um, you, you don't even know what to believe anymore the there's there's so many um, different things being uploaded, and you don't know if this is something which has actually been recorded, or if it's uh, been uh, uh, been been created by AI. So so obviously these these problems uh, are still uh, uh, and probably will be in the future um, as well. Um, another question that I wanted to ask you was what are uh, maybe some uh, some of the other negative effects of uh, social media.
2: Um- there's been multiple studies, and they have found a strong link between heavy social media um, use and an increased risk of depression, anxiety, um, even loneliness, and in worst cases, it has led to self harm too. Um, social media, <clears throat> sorry, may promote negative experiences um, such as inadequacy about your life or appearance. Um, I think a lot of people are conscious about their appearance. Um, I think me, myself, I would, if I see something, somebody, you know, you would call ideal, mm-hmm. um, I would probably have some thoughts in my mind um, as well. You know, I want to look like her or, um, you know, I could, you know, I could have her features or, mm-hmm. but mine is not as bad as, the so mine is just how any, any other humans would be. But there are some people who go to the extreme lengths, even um, to the point of looking exactly like the person. There have been such bad cases where people have had plastic surgery um, and it's actually gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Um The people want to look like the people that they are seeing, the influencers. Um, however, they only show the good side of their lives. So about 10% of teens um, have reported being bullied on social media and many other users are obviously... Um, Target of offensive comments, especially if they post um, that themselves. So, if you post your picture, you know a selfie. If you've gone on holiday, you post a selfie, and you would most likely receive at least one negative comment, if not more, mm-hmm. depending on how many followers you have. And um, even if you post something like um, on your story, so repost a post on Instagram, which has a um, which has a I don't know controversial opinion you might still become a target amongst your friends or amongst your um you know friend circle family circle yeah. so it does have a lot of negative effects such as bullying um, and of course mental health does become effective as well
0: yeah and uh, just, just, just quickly, I know we are coming up to the uh, 8 o'clock news as well. Um, how uh, can we maybe try to tackle uh, some of these issues that you've mentioned uh, when it comes to the, the negative effects on our mental health or uh, the, the, the other problems as well and on how we feel maybe after p- posting such a, such a picture or, or, or an image or whatever it might be. Um, and, and, and we get those controversial uh, opinions or those negative comments.
2: I think the best thing, I mean, what I would do is just not... um, I personally don't post too much on social media. And the only reason is because... Not because I'm worried about, you know, being bullied or um, anything. Mm -hmm. It's just that I I like to be updated about other things going on, but I don't necessarily want everybody to know what I'm doing. So there was a time when I was a little bit younger... I used to post everything and I would always get told off, um, you know, wherever I am, I would just be, you know, posting where I am or what I'm eating. And my parents would always tell me, you know, you don't want to do this because this will have a bad effect on you later, um, if not now. And I realize that now, I mean, I did stop, but I think if I hadn't done it then, it would have been much better um, Mm. because I feel like, I don't know, I, I did it, I guess, because Maybe because I was little or I think it was just because everybody else was doing it. So I was following the crowd, you can say. But I think it's not good. You should not be posting everything. That's the first step. You can post um, and it's obviously your choice. But I wouldn't be posting every little update or every little thing. For example, on Twitter, um, there's a few people that I know that would be posting every little detail so they would have at least 10 tweets in a day and that's so it sounds so bizarre because you don't need everybody to know what you're doing and another thing is um, for example on Snapchat and um, people have their location on yeah. and um, it's it's extremely I don't know why they do it but it, it just annoys me so much because you can see exactly where they are mm-hmm. and the exact location and it's what if somebody else sees it? What if somebody that shouldn't see it sees it? So yeah. it's not just your friends seeing it. There's other people that see it. And I mean, some people that I know, I have told them to turn it off, but they don't listen. And it worries me a little bit. But <clears throat> I think don't have your location on, first of all. That's one of the worst things that you can do. The other thing is don't be posting everything. And thirdly, if you do become a target of anything and it's, it's bothering you, it's best to seek advice. So, um, if you're young, speak to an adult. If you're an adult, I mean, speak to somebody who's older than you, or speak to speak to a friend. Okay. Um, but if you can't speak to anybody, um, I think speak to a professional, a mental health professional, and um, I think that's probably the best way. Yeah. To go about any
0: situation. Definitely, definitely. Thank you for that. Uh, unfortunately, we, that's all that the, the time that we have for uh, for for today. Uh, but thank you for being with us, sharing your insight, and we hope you have a wonderful day ahead as well. Thank you. Jazakallah, you too. Jazakallah, as-salamu 0 That was uh, uh, Dania Nasser, a student at Kingston University, studying Forensic, Psychology and Criminology. Uh, here's the rest of the 8 o'clock news. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording. And lines are now closed. Asalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back um, after the eight o'clock news. Just a quick time check for you. It is eight, uh, uh, two minutes past eight. Sorry, uh, Tuesday, the 29th of August, twenty twenty three. Um We were speaking uh, about social media, how it distorts the reality, uh, and we'll just continue with that a little bit as well. Um, we had uh, a guest on as well. We we were cutting into the eight o'clock news, so. Um, uh, We couldn't speak for as long as we had wanted, but uh, she's a student at uh, Kingston University studying forensic psychology and criminology and she's done her A-levels in psychology, chemistry and health and social care. Um, And if you are just tuning in, she was sharing her thoughts about uh, some of the negative effects that social media has, um, some tips of uh, what we should do um, if we are engaged in this um, and how it, uh, it, it distorts reality as well. Um, and uh, I mean, just just whilst talking about this, um, the, actually, we, we we'll 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 talk about it uh, ourselves in in a short while as well. Uh, but before we do so, we do have an audio clip of uh, the current worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community, Hazim Rizam Masoor um, in a virtual audience that he had uh, with a group of people, and this is what he had to say about how we can protect ourselves from the bad impact of social media.
1: And my question is today, how can we protect ourselves from the bad impact of social media?
3: <laughs> are you. you know, how old are you? I'm 16. 16. Now grown up, well matured. Huh? Allah Ta'ala has given you the wisdom. Allah Ta'ala has given you the sense huh? to understand what is good and what is bad, right? So why don't do you access those things which are bad in the social media? You can stop, you can block those things. (laughs) There is a simple solution. Don't go, you should not have the access to those uh, uh, things in the social media which are polluting your mind. Eh? Or they are, uh, you know, spoiling your uh, morals. So you can stop seeing them. And there are quite a number of good things. In the social media, you can follow those things. So you yourself have to decide if you yourself are determined to save yourself from this the bad thing, uh, the bad results of the social media, bad effects of the social media. Then you can save yourself. So you yourself have to decide. The being a sensible person, what uh, you see, we can only wake up a person who is sleeping but we cannot wake up a person who is already awakened, <laughs> right? So you are a sensible person, you decide your own self. Eh? Grown up and well matured person, okay? That was uh, His Holiness,
0: uh, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, azim Nizam Asura Ahmed, may Allah strengthen his hand uh, on what we can do uh, to protect ourselves for, from, from the negative impacts of, uh, of social media. Um, there's actually a book uh, that the Muslim community uh, that we've published in the UK uh, which discusses uh, the the uh, the benefits of, uh, of social media. Um, and His Holiness has repeatedly drawn attention to using innovation and communication to strengthen our relationship with religion so that we may gain benefit from the educational and spiritual treasures. These worldly resources are bringing precious souls to the right path leading to Islam. Um, and the, 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 the book that I men- mentioned, Social Media, um, this can actually be found uh, on the website as well uh, al-islam.org that is al-islam.org um, and if anyone would like to, to, to read that or any of the other um, so many uh, hundreds of books that are on the website you can do so completely free of charge um, so if you would like to visit that uh, of course you can do so Um, His Holiness uh, has on so many occasions stated that the best social media platform is MTA for Ahmadi Muslims around the world and this is the um, the Ahmadi um, t- uh, t- television channel which uh, can also be uh, viewed on uh, apps and on uh, YouTube uh, as well for the benefit uh, of uh, of the masses um and in an address at the annual uh, Ishtamaa gathering of the ladies of uh, in UK um, on the uh, in 20, 2015 October 2015, um, they uh, he, he mentioned uh, that, as I have said today, we are able to utilize modern technology to convey our teachings. Apart from MTA, we also have uh, the um, Jamaat's websites, uh, the websites from within the community through which programs and books filled with knowledge and information are easily available. You must seek, uh, he goes on to say, that you must seek to avail these resources and constantly increase in your knowledge. In terms of MTA, every uh, lady um, uh, member uh, should uh, attach themselves to it and be regular in watching its programs. Uh, remember, this was uh, an uh, a audience with the ladies, and that's why he was addressing them. But uh, this is uh, this is equally uh, apt to, to everyone, men, uh, children alike. Um, he goes on to say that at the very least, they should ensure that they watch my Friday sermons and other programs of uh, His Holiness, um, and they should make sure their children also sit with them and listen those girls who have grown up here in the uk should also ensure they are closely attached to mta and the and the internal websites they should uh, make sure they watch the programs of uh, his holiness of the uh, 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 as this will be the means of their spiritual and moral development and will increase their religious knowledge um, this means that rather than surfing the internet and viewing other websites, which may not hold true information, it is better to draw our attention to the internal websites and online media uh, library, including MTA. Um, J- Jalice, is there is there anything else uh, that you'd like to quickly share, I think, before uh, moving on to the next topic?
1: Yeah, so there there was um through speaking about social media and uh, as you mentioned uh, MTA and how His Holiness has said that the best uh, you know social media app uh, or the best way to benefit from social media is through MTA. This reminds me of um, so in in history of uh, our of um, the Ahmadi Muslim community. Um, you know those who are well versed with the history and, and with history in general, they would know that uh, the phonograph um, ha- plays a very um, historical uh, significance within the history of the Ahmadi uh, community as well. Uh, in the sense that uh, you know, the phonograph basically was it you know, a device that recorded and reproduced sounds. Right so you know this machine quickly gained uh, when it was uh, m- you know made or invented it quickly gained fame and uh, when it arrived in India which is you know the home country of the promised messiah uh, Hazimzaullah Ahmed um he was he was very highly enthusiastic about this invention and he he said and i quote that you know up until now this phonograph has been used uh, has only been used for fun but in actuality, God has kept this invention for us and great tasks will be carried through it. And then in uh, November 1901, um, there was a companion of the promised Messiah. He reached Qadiyan with a phonograph. So he, he came to Qadiyan, which is the hometown of the promised Messiah, um, Hazami Zaghulam Ahmad. And he, he, he came to uh, the, the hometown of the promised Messiah with the phonograph. And it was the latest at that time. It was the latest technology available, and you can imagine, you know, the latest technology available in uh, in, in a hamlet in India in Qadian, um, which was there to save, you know, sound recordings. Now the promised Messiah, you know, spared his time after the, you know, Asr prayer, after the prayer, well, um, to examine this device, and he, you know. Um, he recorded a, uh, you know, a companion of his recorded in a, mel- a melodious voice um, a poem of the promised Messiah, uh, which is actually in it's in, it's in Urdu, but you know the English translation is that, you know, this voice is coming from the phonograph. Seek God from the heart, not through boasting or pomposity, and you know this whole incident shows that uh with the with the technological technological advancements um we can you know use this uh to you know aid our uh, aims um and, and and aid the spread of islam um and you know social media can be used in a way um you know as Muslims we can use this platform to you know spread the true message of islam spread the true teachings of Islam and you know reach uh the masses you know within a few seconds um as we mentioned earlier in the segment as well so i thought this was uh, it was a it was a good it was a good um, point to mention um you know because we do find certain technological advancements even in the history um linked to our uh, our our community the Ahmadi muslim community as well
0: mhm very interesting uh indeed um, and with that, uh, we'll be going uh, to our our next uh, segment. Just just one thing that I I do want to remind our listeners, especially for those who maybe uh, tuned in after the eight o'clock news as well. Um, is this 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 golden principle uh that the holy prophet of islam muhammad may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him has laid out uh before us and that is that uh, when it comes to worldly things when it comes to wealth or acquiring more and more money and and things of that sort then he said that you should always look towards look towards those people who are beneath you those people who have less than you um and it when it comes to uh, religious matters when it comes to sincerity of faith when it comes to um uh, us being good and godly people then you should look at those who are above you those who are superior to you and those who are more uh more of a relationship uh, with god than you um, and so if we were to always follow this then we would free ourselves of uh, of uh, this uh, this complex that we always need to be like these uh, influences on social media, or we need to be as rich as them, or we need to have uh, look as good as them, or we need to have as much uh, as many cars as them and buildings and all of these things. Um, if we were to follow this principle of Islam, then we would free ourselves of uh, of this illness. <clears throat> Um, And our mental state would be in a far better position as well. Um, Like I said, with that, uh, going to our second segment for the day, a new DNA drug to fight blood clots. Uh, So researchers have proposed a side effect-free anticoagulating treatment to fight blood clots. Uh, This has so far proved effective in test mice, Sorry, and could be ready for human trials in just a few years. Uh, So there's various uh, medical circumstances, uh, including heart attacks and extreme cases of COVID-19, which necessitate the use of anticoagulants, uh, medicines that prevent blood clots. But the most commonly used heparin um, can induce potentially fatal side effects by making the blood clots worse rather than better. Um, this only happens in a minority of patients, so effective uh, treatments are not commonly explored. Uh, researchers have now proposed a side effect free anticoagulating treatment that has so far proved effective in test mice and could be ready for human trials in just a few years, like we just mentioned. Um, Jalees, ha- what uh, was the study
1: uh, which was carried out uh, in this regard? Yes, yeah, so the, the team um, devised a next uh, generation thrombin inhibitor um, consisting of DNA molecules, which includes um, a novel mechanism Uh, To prevent the severe bleeding, so you know the key molecule in the drug is called a uh, bispecific aptamer, and its uh, special feature is being able to bind to multiple things um, uh, at once simultaneously. You know another useful feature, another useful um, uh, thing about this is that uh, feature is um, short DNA sections which act as an, an antidote uh, to the undesirable clotting side effect during HIT. <clears throat> this uh, DNA based drug essentially, um, you know, enables it, it helps, you know, more complex behaviors than drugs based on uh, simpler, more, you know, traditional um, chemistry, you know, from the study, from the studies uh, in mice, Um, from the, you know, the studies and examination in mice, the team uh, that was behind the study has shown the treatment is around uh, 10 times more or 10 times as effective um, as the current best treatments or or for HIT. And an additional benefit to uh, you know w- uh, women who are uh, p- pregnant women is that the uh, n- uh nucleic acid based drug and accompanying antidote you know do not cross the placenta you know to the fetus as the dna molecules in the drug are too large to cross the barrier you know presented by the p- p- the placenta you know so this is this is what the study that was uh, carried out by the team mm mm-hmm.
0: And the, uh, the the findings to the study. So the COVID-19 pandemic <clears throat> brought much woo to people around the world. And at the time of writing, uh, though much of the world seems to have moved on, the effects of the pandemic continue to linger. One aspect of uh, some extreme cases of COVID-19 that has not been uh, widely reported is the complication brought on when the anticoagulant Uh, medicine heparin is used in an attempt to reduce blood clots in patients Um, a small number of up to three percent of recipients uh, suffer the side effect of uh, um, heparin-induced thrombocytopemia HIT which we mentioned earlier a potentially fatal and rapid clotting of the blood uh, the opposite of the intended effect other medical issues such as heart attacks, kidney dialysis, and even some surgeries can also require anticoagulants. Heparin was the first anticoagulant and is used widely. Uh, It's considered incredibly important by the World Health Organization. But because of the low number of HIT sufferers and thus lack of interest from the pharmaceutical industry, this issue is underexplored despite its uh, severity uh, and increase due to COVID-19 and it can be especially problematic in pregnant women um, as they cannot take existing treatment due to those potentially adversely affecting the fetus.
1: Indeed, indeed. Um, We do have a guest with us, um, Professor Robert um, who's a professor of vascular biology at the University of Leeds UK um, he was president of the British Society of Hemostasis and Thrombosis um, from 2016 to 2018, uh, president of the International Fabrinogen um, Research Society from 2014 to 2018, and the head of the Discovery and Transla- Translational. Uh, science Department at the University of Leeds from 2018 to 2021. Um, he was elected to Council Class 2026 of the International Society of the Thrombosis and Hemostasis <coughs> uh, ISTH um, and was Vice President of the ISTH 2022 London Congress in the Excel London. Um, research of the uh, Arian's laboratory um, has a strong focus on mechanisms in the thrombosis, uh, thrombosis, and hemostasis, uh, which uh, with a particular interest in clot uh, structure and function. Uh, alaikum, peace be upon you. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the breakfast show.
4: Thank you for having me. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Um, we do uh, have an interest we, we are we are talking about an interesting topic, and um, you know we are glad to have uh, a professor uh, like yourself. Um, you know to uh, help us with these questions that we have. So the first one would be: is um, could you kindly you know start um, by enlightening our listeners uh, what thrombosis is and how this new study could help um, such patients.
4: Sure. So um, thrombosis is actually a natural defense system gone wrong because the body has developed this, this really ingenious system to protect against injury and potentially harmful bleeding, which is called blood clotting. And this blood clotting system is actually intrinsic to the blood and is normally activated when there is injury. However, in, you know, in certain diseases, um blood clots can also occur without injury and and form inside a blood vessel and and this is potentially very dangerous because if we have blood clots inside a blood vessel that can lead to very dangerous outcomes such as a heart attack which is basically a blood clot in the heart a stroke which is a clot in the brain or a DVT, where we have a clot in the leg arms or lungs for example and so what this new study has done or started doing is developing a new drug that could stop uh, the unwanted blood clots from forming. So it's a, it's a new anticoagulant, basically, that they're trying to develop.
1: Mm-hmm. I see. And um, you know, how do the you know, anticoagulants, you know, specifically heparin, uh, as we've been discussing, uh, cause the formation of blood clots and why are they potentially um, dangerous?
4: Well, actually, normally anticoagulants do exactly the opposite. They don't form, uh, lead to the formation of blood clots. Normally, anticoagulants, and that also includes heparin, actually stop the blood from clotting, mm-hmm. um, and so rather than, than causing any clots. And they're in fact actually very useful to treat patients who are at high risk of thrombosis, so who are having heart attacks or strokes or DVTs. In those cases, these drugs are used to prevent clots from occurring. However, in the case of heparin, this is a special case because with heparin, there's a very small chance of a complication to occur in the patient, which is called uh, HIT, or HIT, which is short for heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. Now, I'd I'd like to point out here that this condition is really very rare and by no means occurs in all patients receiving heparin. So, So if you have been described heparin, uh, for example, by a doctor, please don't stop taking it because it's important to stop clots from forming. However, in a very small proportion of patients, we have this, this particular complication. And we, <clears throat> we actually do not yet fully understand the, the complete mechanisms be, behind HIT, but you could um, compare it to a kind of a autoimmune response triggered by the heparin. And what happens then, consequently, is that um, this autoimmune response starts uh, targeting platelets. And these platelets are small blood cells that help with clotting. And they, the, these platelets get activated and, and, and eventually destroyed. And so they reduce the number. And this is a typical feature of this condition. And this is why it's called thrombocytopenia, which is basically thrombocytes, uh, which, which is platelet, and the yeah, reduction in number. But the, the the trouble is that the platelets get activated, and this may then cause uh, unwanted clots or thrombosis, which is actually the very thing that heparin tries to reduce.
1: I see. Um, I see. Yeah. I see. Um, and so
4: when this happens, the patients that do develop HIT when when they've had heparin. Uh, And remember, there's a small proportion. They are then moved on to another anticoagulant, such as Argatriban, which is a direct thrombin inhibitor. But the problem with that is that it could cause bleeding. And so this is where this new study that we've been discussing comes in, because they're trying to develop a new anticoagulant that could specifically be used in patients with HIT uh, to stop clots from happening. And the new thing about this drug is that they can easily reverse it. So if bleeding were to occur, the drug can quickly be reversed, and basically being made inactive.
1: Ah, I see, I see. Um, and uh, you know, why are some people prone to um, develop thrombosis, especially as seen in COVID nineteen patients?
4: Yeah, we've seen a big rise in thrombosis, especially during the acute phase of the pandemic of COVID-19. And, and that's because actually thrombosis is a disease that's caused by many factors, um, including atherosclerosis, which is you know, people with heart disease, which is also the, called the furring up of arteries. So in patients with cardiovascular disease or stroke, the risk of thrombosis is high. But there are many, many other factors. So immobilization is a, is a key Uh, risk factor for for thrombosis, obesity, the lack of exercise and movement. Cancer is a big risk factor for thrombosis, and all these factors can cause, for example, DVTs. But then the the other key mechanism that that also uh, causes thrombosis is infections and inflammation. And this became particularly apparent uh, during the COVID pandemic, and particularly in the initial phases where the virus was highly virulent, um, thrombosis caused a lot of uh, uh, problems, complications in the patients. But nowadays, with COVID-19, it's it's actually less virulent uh, currently, and and so it's also causing less clots uh, at the moment. Uh, if people do contract COVID-19, the risk is much less nowadays.
1: I see, I see. Um, and as a as a professor of uh, vascular biology, why is research? about uh, anticoagulants so vital? And why it has its um, com- complications received um, little attention in the past?
4: Yes, yeah, it's, it's becoming more and more important, this research and, and it's becoming more in the headline as well. And, and that's a good thing. It's very important for two key reasons, I see. And the, the first one is that, uh, as I've, as we've discussed just now, is that there's so many different factors and diseases. That can cause blood clots to happen, from from cardiovascular disease to cancer to to COVID-19, for example. So to have specific anticoagulants for specific diseases, I think is is really important. And the second reason why I think anticoagulants research about it is really important is because, as with with many treatments, um, there could be side effects, and so particularly with anticoagulants, obviously, that is bleeding, which is the opposite from uh, the clot being formed. And so, development of new anticoagulants that do not cause bleeding or minimise that risk, or uh, anticoagulants which are reversible, such as, you know, described in this study, it, is really important, I think. And these are both two two key active areas for, for, for research currently in anticoagulants.
1: Mm-hmm. I see, I see. And... Um... Uh, just lastly, um, we, we recognize, you know, we see um, your personal efforts to develop, you know, novel treatment options for uh, thrombosis. Um, in, your, in, in your opinion, um, what are the most um, exciting, you know, um, or, you know, well-talked well, well about or exciting uh, advances, you know, happening in this field? Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, exciting advances happening currently in the field Uh, and the most exciting of these are
4: that we 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 can now start targeting more specific factors and mechanisms that have not been targeted in the past uh, in in earlier anticoagulants. Uh, Older anticoagulants, they're they're far more generic and they stop blood clotting by working on several targets at once, but that has a risk of complications. Now we can develop much more specific uh, drugs that target only one clotting factor at a time or one mechanism at a time. And as we know, the clotting system is quite a complex system. There are many clotting factors that contribute. Uh, so there are many new drugs that we can currently try and develop and test, and with the hope that we can, you know, they could be be more potent than previous. Um, drugs and and also lead to much less complications being more specific and particularly for example include you know leading to less bleeding um, another I think exciting development is, is the use of new types of, of, of molecules drugs based on different materials um, we have new materials that can be developed into drugs and these include small molecules or small proteins or as was done in this study uh, they use small pieces of DNA which is also an exciting new material mm-hmm. that we can use for drugs because it's reversible
1: mm, I see I see um, it's, 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 it's quite quite interesting and um, yes yeah, so we, we do appreciate your time um, for answering you know our questions um, you know thank you for joining us uh, have a wonderful day and a beautiful week ahead thank you
4: for having me thank you thank you very much
1: Bye-bye. bye that was professor robert um, professor of vascular biology at the university of leeds uk
0: mm-hmm. so very interesting uh, uh points which were discussed over there um we we can see um when it comes to uh, illnesses and uh um and ailments uh, his holiness the current worldwide head of the Muslim <coughs> community said that islam has enjoined fasting Uh, for Muslims but uh, has established rights for those who are ill and uh, what God Almighty states and this is recorded in chapter 3 verse 168 of the Holy Quran is that the prescribed fasting is for a fixed number of days but whoso among you is sick or is on a journey shall fast the same number of other days thus Islam has established the rights of those who are ill and exempted from their uh, and exempted them, sorry, from fasting. So as so as long as they are ill and until their health is restored, His Holiness said that Islam also teaches to fulfil the ill desires. Once the Holy Prophet of Islam, Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was visiting uh, visiting someone who was ill, and that person express their desire for some bread. The Holy Prophet of Islam, uh, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said that if a person who is ill desires something to eat, then then an effort should be made to provide that for them. Islam also teaches that there is a great reward for those who visit the ill, thus advocating the rights of those who are actually ill. And... His Holiness said that there there was once someone who wished to see the promised Messiah upon whom be peace but was unable to walk due to an ailment in his feet. The promised Messiah uh, upon whom be peace vowed to visit him and the next day he fulfilled his promise and visited that person. It is recorded that at times those who were ill would go straight to the door of the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, seeking medicine and expressing their grief, sometimes even staying for an hour at a time. Yet the promised Messiah upon whom be peace would he'd not usher them away, but instead would listen patiently and attentively. The promised Messiah expressed that tending to the ill is also a matter of faith and something which should not be neglected by true believers, His Holiness said that one of the five rights which a Muslim has over uh, the other, as uh, stated uh, by the Holy Prophet Muhammad may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is in fact to visit the ill, um, and uh, this this is a a perfect reminder as well. I mean, during uh, COVID, um, when anyone uh, would become ill or or would be infected. Um, by the disease or, or, or even just um, uh, was feeling unwell or whatever it may be then um, people were obviously taking uh, uh, cautionary measures um, and keeping themselves safe at the same time as well but they would uh, go out of their way to help those individuals isn't it we would uh, they, uh, people would uh, would go out grocery shopping for them, get medicine for them, pick up their prescriptions for them, um, of, of course uh, keeping their own uh, safety in mind as well. Um, but all of these things were happening. Uh, and, and on quite a large scale as well uh the' um, the Muslim organization um the youth organization within the muslim comu- um, the community uh was doing a lot uh to do to to help in this regard as all well. other charities were also Um, doing a fair bit as well Um, and this is a reminder that uh, even now um, uh, whilst we are getting away from this uh, although the effects are still there as well but uh, if we do come across uh, or come to know that any of our loved ones or, or 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 work peers or whoever it may be has uh, some kind of an ailment or some kind of a problem then we should go out and visit them um even if it's for just for a couple of minutes um that uh, that visit would uh, would boost their morale um and that will uh, in turn make them feel better as well
1: yeah indeed indeed i mean um as a muslim um you know so this this second segment which we've just uh, spoken about which was uh, a new uh, dna drug to fight uh, blood clots um uh, as a muslim when when i see the takeaway points w- what comes to my mind is um you know in in the realm of research you know islam places um significant uh, you know uh, emphasis um you know islam strongly you know uh, it unders- underscores the, the importance of uh, caring for one's own body, as well as extending that care to others and patients. And you know this approach to the well being is an integral aspect of Islamic teachings. And, you know, as a Muslim, the, the three main points that we can take from this study is, um, and I, I'll, I'll briefly mention these points as well, but I'll mention what the three points were in my mind were. Um, emphasis on, you know, one was emphasis on seeking knowledge. You know, so so going out doing research, uh, caring for others' health, and, and the third is taking care of one's own health. Now, when we go to the first one, you know, emphasis on seeking knowledge. The in Islam, we see that the Holy Prophet Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, encouraged um, the seeking of knowledge and research. Um, you know, one well-known hadith or narration um, is of the Holy Prophet is um, he states that seeking knowledge is obligatory upon every Muslim Um, and you know this hadith states the importance um, of acquiring knowledge and conducting research to gain a deeper understanding of various aspects of life and there is a prayer of the holy prophet by the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him where he said uh, uh, our love grant me the knowledge that uh, is beneficial and um, as Muslims, we understand that, you know, the, the, that knowledge, which is beneficial, is the, the knowledge that we can, we can then pass on to others, which can uh, have a positive impact in one's life as well. Uh, you know, moving on from, from, from as, as Islam uh, lays a lot of emphasis on research, um, the second point, which I mentioned, was, you know, caring for, for others' health as well. Again, Islam, you know, lays great emphasis on caring for the for, and looking out for the well-being of others. There are many narrations, um, you know, of the Holy Prophet that in Islam that, that encourage uh, visiting the sick, as uh, you know, as uh, uh, Summer has mentioned, and uh, you know, taking care of patients. The Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said that you know, uh, in in one of his narrations, he said he encouraged you know, feed the hungry and visit the um, sick. Visit, the, visit those who are ill um you know this narration again highlights the importance of providing physical and emotional support um to those who are ill um you know which is a form of caring for their well-being um and thirdly um you know sticking within within the segment and the third point which came to my mind as a muslim is taking care of one's own health um you know the holy prophet may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him he also emphasized and, and and laid great emphasis and importance in maintaining one's health. Um, he said that your body has a right over you. Uh, you know this hadith, uh, this narration of the Holy Prophet. You know beautifully highlights the importance of uh, taking care of one's own body, uh, which includes proper nutrition, exercise, and overall self-care. Um, to ensure you know good health, you know. So these examples from, from from the teachings of Islam, from the narrations of the Holy Prophet, um, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, you know, they illustrate Islam's focus on uh, knowledge, um, you know, well-being, and uh, compassion, and all of which you know contribute to um to uh, to the the approach to research and caring for oneself and others, and you know, these are three points which you know really struck out to me whilst we're going through this um segment mm-hmm.
0: and so it's 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 so important as well, isn't it these these points that you've mentioned um and uh, when we look at them, then this is actually um it, it forms. A, a better society in itself, isn't it? Uh, doing research, uh, which is for the betterment um, of, for, for, for the whole of, uh, of mankind, um, then looking after others, uh, and then looking after yourself as well. Uh, and obviously both of these things go hand in hand. If you if you don't care for yourself, if you don't look after your own uh, uh, mental and physical health, then how would you be able to go out and help others as well? So this is just a, a, a beautiful way of uh, Islam teaching us the fundamental principles uh, of, uh, of our lives, of how we should be conducting and living our lives as well. Um, and with that we're going to be taking a short break uh, and once we come back we'll be speaking about our last topic for the day um can we access our own immune system let us know what your thoughts are zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number for you Allah, Allah.
5: la people are asking Who is the Gracious God? Gracious God is He who has created the sun and the moon for our benefit. The sun with which human life and the life of vegetation is associated. Through the attribute of Rahman, God grants without being asked, Can one say, that the sun or the earth was created on account of one's deeds? Rahman is a being that grants beneficence of the kind that man does not have the capacity of giving. It is by virtue of being gracious that all creation receives God's universally prevalent beneficence. Prophets of God Summon people to the gracious God for people's own good and not for any recompense. The promised Messiah peace be upon him states The holy prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him was the perfect manifestation of Rahman because his beneficence is incomparable. Being the perfect man The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him had this quality in him more than anyone else and an ordinary person too should aspire to the paradigm deriving luminosity from the sun of 1400 years ago in this age the promised Messiah on whom be peace has further spread the light the light of the promised Messiah, on whom be peace, is from that same gracious God. The quality of Rahmaniyat is pure favor and munificence, and is not caused by any good act, and is not the fruit or reward of anything. Despite humanity rejecting God, His Rahmaniyat remains overwhelming. If it were not for this divine quality, majority of humanity would have been destroyed because of its misdemeanors and sins. Despite rejecting God, people are asking, who is the gracious God?
6: Taqwa is a tree that should be planted in the heart. The very water which nourishes Taqwa irrigates the whole garden. Takwa is a root without which everything is meaningless and if it remains intact, then nothing is lost. What benefit is there for a man in indulging himself in the useless activity of claiming with his tongue that he seeks God while he has no sure footing with his Lord? Look, I say to you truly and sincerely that ruined is he whose faith is tainted by even a hint of worldliness. Hell is very close to that soul all of whose intentions are not for God, rather some of them are for God and others are for the world. Thus, if you have an iota of worldly adulteration in your intentions, all your worship is in vain. In such a case, you do not follow God, rather you follow Satan. Never ever expect that when you are in such a condition, God will help you. Rather, in this condition you are a worm of the earth and soon you will perish just as worms of the earth do and God shall not be in you, rather, he will be happy to destroy you. But if you, in reality, die by killing your baser selves, then you shall appear in God, and God shall be with you.
5: You're listening to The Voice of Islam Radio, broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day.
0: as alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to The Breakfast Show here on The Voice of Islam radio station. Um, where we are going into our last topic for the day, and that is, can we access our own immune system? Um, Just as a reminder for you, uh, before, uh, the the first topic that we spoke about was how does social media distort the reality? Um, And then before this uh, break, we were speaking about a new DNA drug to fight blood clots. Um, And like I mentioned, now we are going to be speaking about access to our own immune system. Um, If you would uh, like to get involved in this discussion about this topic, then do pick up the phone and give us a call 0208 687 7878. And of course, you can tweet us and leave your comments on our Instagram page as well at Voice of Islam UK. So a psychological study suggests our brain can access the state of our own health more precisely than we think. And it is probably even able to correctly evaluate the state of our immune system. Well, the first thing that we're going to be addressing in uh, this segment is what is the communication between the immune and nervous systems? So this communication between the immune system and the central nervous system is key for our sense of well-being or illness. Uh, It is important to know where uh, when we feel ill, for example, we have a cold, this feeling is caused quite significantly by the immune system's communication with the central nervous system. Uh, This is according to what uh, Dimitrov says, um, and he goes on to say that the brain receives signals that something is wrong with the body and causes the feeling uh, of illnesses, uh, of illness as a result and the same flow of information between the immune system and nervous systems can be can generally also take place when the body is not ill this means uh, it could be possible that this uh, communication process gives us an impression of our immune system even when we are healthy, according to uh, Stephanie Dimitrov, uh, Dimitrov's uh, study, investigates whether this is actually the case. So, uh, Jalees, what were the results uh, of this uh, of this study?
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, just before before I do mention the results, I mean, um, uh, you did mention the communication between the immune and nervous system. I just wanted to uh, just... Uh, if and if for anyone who is listening um just in simple terms i just wanted to mention that the immune system is like um if you, if you if you if you if you i'm sure everyone everyone knows what this is but it's like an army that protects you from harmful things like germs within your body and then the nervous system is basically the body's uh, me- uh messaging system uh in, in a nutshell that's what it is and um uh, so, so so when we when we speak about the results of the study, we see that um, after um, vaccination, the participants uh, participants in the study um, were you know able to assess and you know a, a, and examine you know surprisingly well how strongly their immune system um, again, you know the, the system which, Helps uh, protects the body from harmful things like germs and viruses. <coughs> uh, the immune system was, you know, positioned to fight their respective illness. Now, this was especially true um, for people who had uh, developed only a little, only a few antibodies. Um, In fact, seven percent, seventy-one percent. Um, of uh, the people who took part the participants who did not feel well protected uh, or were, were, uh, um, after the vaccination also had a below average immune response uh, by contrast the, the those who, who were in this study who took part in this study, the study the participants who assessed their immune system who examined their immune system response as good were not always right however all of those who had a uh, particularly strong immune response also reported feeling uh, well protected so you know this is, was the the result um the result of the study
0: mm-hmm. um the the alternative uh, explanations uh, could also be that for for stephanie dimitrov however it is still too early to draw uh, any final conclusions. Um, and the psychologist is considering other possible causes, including the placebo effect as well. Um, the placebo effect for the benefit of our listeners is uh, uh, is is basically when you when you say something and you take something as well, but because you're thinking of that thing, um, then it has uh, an effect as well. And it just goes to show the strength of the mind as well. Yeah. Um, in which you are able to, uh, for, for, for the placebo effect to, to actually work, and it does work um, in, in a lot of cases mm-hmm. as well, um, it just goes to show how strong uh, our brains and, and the effect of our brains really are. Um, and this is because uh, communication between the brain and the immune system runs in both directions. The signals from our brains uh, can therefore also influence our immune system as well. People who firmly believe in vaccination or are basically optimistic um, could thus actually develop a better immune defence, uh, again, the placebo effect, and also feel better protected. It is therefore possible that belief in the effectiveness of a vaccine is what improves its efficiency. Um, and uh, this could uh, also explain the high accuracy of these self-assessments. Um Jalis, what does Islam teach us uh, about all of this, uh, about uh, protecting ourselves and looking after ourselves?
1: Yeah, indeed. So, you know, in in Islam, uh, you know, seeking knowledge and understanding the world around us is encouraged. You know, the the Quran um, encourages reflection, um, observation, and, you know, contemplation as a means to understand the signs of. God's creation. Again, going full circle back to what we mentioned right in the beginning of the of uh, of the show. Um, you know, Muslims as Muslims, we are encouraged to explore the the natural world. You know, including um, you know including the the uh, the human biology. Um, you know, as as a way to gain knowledge and appreciation for you know God's um, you know, design and His creation. You know, if we look at history, Muslim scholars throughout history, um, you know, and and various other you know professors and doctors in this field, you know, um, in various fields of science and medicine, you know, considering uh, uh, considering them valuable means of understanding and improving human life. Um, the pursuit of medical knowledge and you know the exploration or the 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 examination or the exploring of the bodily functions including the immune system are in line with the you know islamic values as long as you know they are uh, you know pursued ethically and for the betterment of um individuals and you know society as well and um in the holy quran <clears throat> you know we, we we there are various verses in the holy quran which you know point towards um to, uh, Point towards uh, uh, human, uh, health and uh, you know studying the um, studying the, uh, the creation around us and studying um, everything God has created and of course as human beings our creation of God as well you know it's a it's a it's a means of uh, it's a it's a means of uh, studying the human biology as well and you know the Holy Quran mentions um. Uh, a verse of the Holy Quran which I I would just uh, state it says and eat and drink but exceed not the bounds surely he does not love those who exceed the bounds you know the modern era um, has been a great testimony to testimony, um, to the validity of this Quranic injunction as most of the common elements of the present day are rooted in obesity so you know one matter that the holy quran from right from the beginning has has stated is that you know eat and drink of course you know you, you eat and drink however do not exceed bounds and you know we see that when man um in any field but when it comes to you know looking after his body uh, when he exceeds bounds when he you know eats uh in, eats and drinks in, in 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 large quantities and when it comes to uh when when it comes to exceeding bounds that can then cause problems and this is what islam has you know has laid emphasis and on this as well and again the holy quran mentions you know different foods uh, god almighty has placed on the earth to eat and enjoy and uh, there's what there's a verse where it says and he is he it is who has subject uh, subjected to you the sea that you may eat therefrom uh, fresh flesh um again uh moving on there's a different verse where it says and the two seas are not alike this one palatable sweet and pleasant to drink and the other salt and bitter and from each you eat fresh meat um you know th- there are various other verses of the holy quran which uh uh, you know, which which are uh, point to point to uh, health as well. And there's, there's one whereas, you know, there comes forth um, uh, in Surah An-Nahl. Uh, we we read that there comes forth from their bellies a drink of varying hues. Therein is a cure for men. Surely is that uh, in that is a sign for people who reflect. Um, this verse, you know, it highlights the great uh, the uh, efficiency of honey and how it can cure many uh, ailments. In fact, the Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, you know, was very uh, cautious about excessive eating. Like I mentioned in the uh, verse of the Holy Quran before, he was cautious about excessive eating. You know, and on one occasion, he said that you know, the food for two persons or for the food for two people is sufficient for three, and the food for three is you know sufficient for four persons so we we see that Islam has laid emphasis um, on you know looking after our bodies and you know making sure what we eat is actually benef- uh, benefiting us rather than having an opposite effect
0: Most certainly and and it's so essential that we actually look after uh, ourselves and be mindful of the things that we consume because at the end of the day we know that our bodies everything that we have this is a trust from god almighty Uh, he has given it to us he has bestowed this blessing upon us and it is up to us to look after it and return it back to him um, after our demise. And that is why it's so essential that we actually look after this as well. It's not something which we can just uh, um, just just disregard or, or just let whatever happen to it, right? We, we have to look after it. Um, and another benefit of this is that the more we look after the things that we consume and be mindful of them, sorry, um the, the, the better our health uh, would be and the better our physical health, um, naturally, uh, we'll be in a better state or mental state as well. So our physical, mental uh, capacity will also be affected by this. Um, of course, there's so much more that we can actually talk about this. But unfortunately, this does bring us to an end of uh, today, today's show. Thank you for listening. And here is the nine o'clock news.